Welcome to the 31st episode of the No Degree Podcast. This is your host, Janaid Iqbal, and today's guest is Benjamin Farr. Benjamin is currently a contractor for Hulu. Benjamin worked several jobs before he found an amazing program called Year Up. He learned the different technical and soft skills, which he then leveraged to get an internship at Hulu. Benjamin always dabbled in different things in high school. He still has a full career ahead of him. Listen to Benjamin share his story. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash no degree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show is impossible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, Benjamin, do you mind giving a brief intro of yourself? Yeah. Hi. So I'm Benjamin Farr. I'm currently a QA engineer over at Tulu. I actually work for Tech Systems, so I'm a contractor over there. What I do over there is I work on the Hulu app on the Roku devices. I help with any kind of code that get pushed in. I go through that and make sure there's not any problems in it. I also have a look at any of the uh, metrics that we have. So, for example, load times and just starting up different areas of the app and seeing how that performs, uh, running through automation and stuff. Um, we're currently uh, shifting some of that stuff around, so having some fun with learning some new languages and just uh, experiencing what we can over there. Cool, cool. So did you ever think that you would sort of end up working something like this? Let's go back to high school. Like, what'd you want to become? Like, what was the plan? As a kid, I had the unrealistic goal of becoming a ninja when I grew up, right? You know, all these fun childhood stuff that, you know, it's not gonna be possible, especially with that one. But uh, yeah, in high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I I was a fan of different, uh, like video editing. I was thinking about going to school for that or... Um, you know, I had a couple of ideas of just kind of working around finding, uh, in, like, for example, I was uh, in Wisconsin back in high school. So a big thing over there is uh, manufacturing and industry and just metal work and stuff like that. So I, I, I did a lot of that stuff in high school, but I know I didn't want to do that full time. It was just more of a hobby. So yeah, I had no idea that I was going to get into software development like I am now. Did you have any jobs in high school? Yeah. So, uh, you know, grocery store, uh, my first job at McDonald's for one summer, you know, the very typical starter job positions. What'd you learn from those jobs? Well, I mean, you can definitely tell the people you work with. There are some people that are more dedicated to just like actually caring that they're there and doing work. And there's some people that are just like, oh, this is just a job, whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going to half-ass it, just get through the day and start again tomorrow. But you just can't live like that. You know, you, you got to have some kind of passion. You got to have some kind of drive that will get you through. And you just can't give up and, you know, just let it go like that. You got to keep going. Yeah. Are there any McDonald's stories that you want to share? Like any funny stories that it's like? I mean, I only worked there for like two or three months. There's once I burned my hand and got a, a scar in my arm. I mean, I, I was back on the grill and like in the back on the assembly line and stuff. So I never really got to see people or do very much interesting stuff. So it was, it was very simplistic job, I would say. Uh, not too exciting, just, you know, smacking cold patties to break them apart and throwing them on the grill. And yeah. What were some of your other interests, right? You had all these interests. What were you originally kind of leaning towards? Yeah. So I was saying like some of that film editing and stuff, uh, that was something I had taken some classes for in high school that I found a lot of fun with. But yeah. A lot of the manufacturing and this kind of like all the metalwork stuff was really cool. There's also a class I did that was more computer driven where it was like uh, 3d modeling for example um, some architecture and stuff like that that was really interesting um, but i knew like architecture you gotta go uh, you gotta go through a lot of school you gotta get all these stuff set up and 
there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through basically to get into that career. Now, there are other options for like 3D modeling. So there's like, you can go into video games, you can go into movies, you can go into just creating your own fun things, right? And that's it's just something that I'd gone out of my way to learn myself too, but I just never really ended up going and like going to college for it. Mostly just because money-wise, I, you know, I was starting off with these low-paying jobs and I don't want to be in debt for the next 10, 20 years. Um, so that just kind of deterred me from going out and exploring these opportunities. How'd you learn it? Was it in high school or outside of, outside of school, like the video editing and all that? It was actually through high school. So I had classes, like one of them was, uh, you have to make a five minute video with a couple people, make a little movie basically. So I was the one that was, uh, shooting it and editing it and everything. So I, I spent, I don't know, 60 hours editing this video and adding all these little effects in and sound effects and making like, I had a green screen knife go fly across the screen and all this fun stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And it's still something that I would love to do some point. Uh, if I ever do go back to college, I think it would be to do that. At this point, college is like an optional thing that I would do for just experiencing new things that I haven't had a chance to before and just kind of having fun with it, right? Not, that's not something everybody can do, but I'm glad that now I have the opportunity I'm able to do that. Do you still have that video saved it, somewhere? Yeah, uh, I think it's on Facebook. Uh, it might be on my computer somewhere. I'd have to go look for it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one. Okay, so you know, you kind of learned that. Now, what made you shy away from that aspect or what got you away? What got you towards something else? For example, I live over in Washington right now in the Seattle Bellevue area. I hadn't originally planned to move out here like back in high school. I didn't have this plan to, oh, yeah, I'm going to go move over here. I'm going to learn some more and then I'm going to get a job, right? Most of this stuff, I was, I just didn't know how to, how to do anything with, how to pursue my hobbies, anything like that. Everything I knew about was like, oh, people were saying, oh, go to college. You got to learn and figure that out that way, right? Um, but there are other options out there. Luckily, I was able to happen upon the Europe program over here in Washington, which is what got me my leg into the software development side of things. How'd you find the Europe program and how long was the program? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I originally had no idea about it. My ex-girlfriend about the time, she had found it online, um, just you know, browsing around. She saw an ad for it or something. But then I looked into it and it was just one of these programs that sounded like it'd be too good to be true, like some kind of scam or something, right? So it's basically a program that you have to be 18 to 24 to get into. You have to have a college, or I'm um, sorry, a high school diploma. You have to be kind of interested in the different paths they have. So they have, uh, for example, software development. Um, they also have the IT side of things. So more of the hardware side. Um, they have some database analytics and then project management. And I believe one other track um, that I'm not sure off the top of my head. But the program itself is pretty interesting. They basically give you the experience that you would get or some of the skills you would attain during college, but you don't necessarily have to pay to get into it. When I went through it, they would actually pay you to go to it. So they would have a small stipend of 400 to $800 a month. Um, and then depending on how you did uh, during the program, so you'd have to dress up, you'd have to be in professional attire, uh, you'd have to, you know, you have to do this homework and make sure you're never late, never have your phone out and about just while you're doing whatever during the program. And if you did, you could lose money. So you wouldn't get your stipend or you could get docked a couple of dollars or something like that. So it is kind of strict in that regard, but yeah, I mean, they do it for a good reason, right? It is a workplace experience boot camp, basically, where they're, they're getting these people to leg up so they can get into the fields that they're interested in. So the program itself is a year, that's why I call it year up. 
Um, so it's six months of learning and then you have a six month internship at one of the big companies over here. What were some new things that you learned that you didn't necessarily know before? I would say that most of the stuff that I learned, I learned during my internship. So I was lucky enough to actually get interned at Hulu. And then I got a contract offer when that ended at, to stay there. So I've been there uh, about two years now, if you include that internship. A lot of the stuff that I learned there was just, I mean, I didn't know anything about software development. I had no idea about the scrums and uh, much of the code stuff. I had done a little bit of coding back in high school, um, just some basic like Java and HTML stuff for setting up websites. But I never really got into depth with things. So during the Europe program, we learned some JavaScript. We also learned how to do some finding bugs, writing up bugs. Uh, that's basically the, the quality assurance side of things that I do now. Um, and just figuring out where the problems lie in software, and how to best look into these problems and figure out how to solve for it. It's the cooperation that comes with that. This isn't the kind of job that you necessarily want to keep to yourself the whole time. I mean, yes, software development is usually a lot of introverts in there. There are people that are really good with, you know, when they get their whole flow going and they get interrupted, they could break the flow, but you need cooperation. And that's definitely something I learned a lot in the program. They helped you with networking, setting up your LinkedIn account, uh, just kind of getting you all this preparation for this work world that the college itself, you know, they don't really help you with that. They, they tell you, well, yeah, this is how you do this and this, but they don't tell you now you got to go learn these other skills. You got to go learn all this other stuff, budgeting, everything you need. It's, it's a good program and I'm really lucky to find it. So what'd you do to sort of get ahead in the program? How so do you mean just, you know, obviously it's a program. They're pretty strict. Right. And, but what'd you do to like, cause you had that attitude before you're not just a show up and not care that you showed you cared. Like, did you do stuff outside of work or was the program just adequate enough for you to just go in and be very good? I would say the program was pretty good at what it did. It definitely helped out and it definitely taught me a lot of skills I just didn't have before. I did go out of my way and try to learn some more coding languages that I just hadn't touched at all before. So, for example, now I work in Python. I might be using some more Java here soon. Um, and yeah, they did the JavaScript during our program. There's a lot of different tools out there. If you go to LinkedIn Learning, you can get stuff from there. There's like Udemy. There's Code Academy. There's so many resources online that really the stuff you can basically teach yourself if you're dedicated enough. For me, it was trying to just rise up myself and try to show that I can get into one of these big companies. They send people all over. We have people who go to Amazon, Microsoft, all these big companies over here. And for me, it wasn't necessarily about going to the biggest company and the one that I'm going to make the most money. I wanted to find something that would make me happy. Just being able to work at Hulu, I feel is great because I love all the content that I get to see and everything. And just being able to work on that and show it to millions of people, that's just it's great. I love it. How was it? Like you did the internship and you got hired. Like, how did it feel? And what was going through your mind when you got it? Oh, it was great. I mean, I, I had known before my internship was over that I was going to get hired on there. Uh, not everybody is lucky enough to get placed in their workspace after they do it. Some, so again, with Europe, they would help you out. If you don't get a job through your company, they'll help you try to go find one. They'll help you with interview prep and all this stuff, all these extra resources. They're all there to help you. And it's, it's amazing. So now you got the job. How was it like in the beginning, right? Because internship, was it different when, you know, from internship to job? Like, was there any change? Not too much. For the most part, I just kept doing what I was doing during the internship. The internship is different than a, a normal college internship, I would say. 
So for example, ours is six months versus a normal typical internship would be about six weeks or so. Usually it's like a summer internship or something, maybe two months. So ours was a bit longer. It went more in depth with like the entire job that you would be doing. So it's not just, oh, here's a project, go work on this when you're done. Okay, that's it. No, it's more like, okay, this is what we do day to day. You got to take a piece of this. You got to go work on this thing now. We'll show you how to do this. And uh, whenever we have a new release, you know, sure. Just all the knowledge that anybody has, you were learning that specific job and everything that comes with it, right? So there was a lot of opportunities there to learn. If there was ever any time that I had some free time or I ran into something to do, I could always ask, hey, can I, what are you doing? Can I, can I learn this? Can I jump on this with you? Can, do you have anything else I can work on? There's so many opportunities there. Obviously, the Europe program really taught you a lot. What were some things that were like very novel to you once you got into the program? Like this is something, you know, people understand, hey, interviews, they understand. But were some things that you just kind of were like, wow, I didn't realize how much of an impact that had or I just didn't know this. There wasn't really anything that really snuck up on me like that. For the most part, I was raised in a family that the computer stuff that was just kind of naturally I raised stuff with that. Like I already had a LinkedIn set up before I was in the program. So that wasn't something new for me. I guess kind of the interviews and how in-depth they can be. For example, the kind of job that you do, you could be whiteboarding coding problems on the board with someone. I mean, not right now because we're all at home, but you could be doing it all online. Same thing. Um, so it's just the amount of different things that the versatility that they expect and like they want you to learn. It was a good surprise, I would say, because I, I, mean, I love these new challenges that come towards me and like it's, it's a great opportunity for it. And yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I just not really. Okay, cool. But just more detailed, just more detailed and all that stuff. Now, your job, when it started, it was one thing. How did your job evolve over time? Because you've been there two years. Yeah. So when I started, we actually didn't have very much of our automation set up. So that was something that I was kind of tasked with getting wrapped up with because I, I had told my boss, hey, this is something I'm interested in. This is something I want to get more involved with. I asked him if there's other teams that are doing this stuff. Can I learn from them? So we actually had an SDET, which is a software development engineering test. So it's kind of the middle ground between a quality assurance engineer and a software developer. They help create stuff specifically for tests, which is like the automation, for example. We had just had one get introduced into the team. So I was uh, asking him questions about all this automation that we had that he was starting to set up. And then eventually we had gone to a couple of different tools, which I was tasked to kind of go through and just see if they're possible, get this proof of concept, you know, would this fit in with what we want? Does this have everything we need? That was an awesome thing that I love doing. Um, it's something we're still working on now. Um, it continues to go on. It's not something that just like goes, we're done with it now. We, you know, there's always improvements we can make. I mean, as the years go by, the new Xboxes and Playstations, we're eventually going to get those in. So we got to work on those. So there'll be new learning opportunities there. Every year just comes up with new tech gadgets that we try to push it, push our device to. For example, you can actually watch Hulu on a Tesla. Really? If you really wanted to. Yeah. So that, that's something. Is that, is that even safe? Well, I mean, you got to park <laughs> it and charge it, right? So that's, okay. that's kind of the use case. I don't think it can actually run while you're uh, in drive mode, for example. Okay. It's always interesting how far technology has come. Now, let's go back to the program. Was there anything that you really struggled with? Or was it a tough time during the program? Like, I don't know, overwhelming? And how'd you get around that? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I was, you know, 2000 miles away from family. I didn't really have anyone out here. I was just surviving what they were giving me and then some credit card debt. But in my eyes, that little bit of credit card debt, which I've already paid off compared to just college debt. I mean, that was easy peasy, right? I'm not paying it off for the next 10 years. I'm done after a year or so. So that, that was really a hard thing for me. I would struggle. I would kind of ration my food sometimes. Luckily, Hulu, they had um, snacks and different foods every now and then, which really helped me a lot. So just kind of getting through with you know barely anything, just barely making it through, that was the toughest thing for me. And just kind of doing it alone. There's so much support there that any counseling you would need, any kind of help, they were there for you. So that was great. That's I think that's the only reason I really made it through is because they were there. Interesting. Did you find that networking with the people in the program was really beneficial and helpful for you? Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing they tried to do. They wanted everybody to open up, kind of get talking with everybody else. You need to get into this kind of work environment that you're not used to. So they, they pushed you to do that stuff. And I, I would say it definitely helped. Uh, there's still people there that I talk to occasionally. There's a couple of friends there that I haven't seen in a little while, but I'd love to see them again just with this current year. It's been a little bit tougher. But yeah, I mean, everybody there was great. They pushed us in the right direction. Nice, nice. Now, what were some things that you realized that, hey, if I want to really get the job, I really need to do these things? Let's say, hey, the people who didn't necessarily get picked up, right? Obviously, some is just due to contracts, other issues out of their control. But what do you think sort of sets apart the people who sort of after the internship, they get it and the people who don't? That's a little bit circumstantial because some places uh, they just, they filled the people through the program just to teach them, but they aren't necessarily hiring them. They don't have a position for them, but they quit somewhere else, something like that. For me, I was kind of lucky that I had two other people at the same internship, same company with me. I, I was a little more knowledgeable than they were at the time. Luckily, they're still working now and like they found jobs, but I was the one that I guess went out of my way to try to do this extra stuff that was there. Whenever there was extra work to do, I tried to pick it up, tried to spend any of the free time I had just learning some extra stuff, learning some extra coding, even picking up a few dev tickets to add a couple things to the app, for example, or align it with some of our other devices. So this is the little things, you know, just trying to add them all up and keep going with it. You, you want to keep learning. It's not something that you want to ever plateau on. You, you got to keep learning and keep evolving as technology does. What are like the typical salaries for the people in the program who are sort of doing what you do? And the ranges are fine, just so some people have an idea. I mean, there's someone in my program sort of making six figures that was in the same uh, class as I was. It kind of depends on what you want to do. There are people that after the program, they didn't want, they decided they didn't want to go into software development or they didn't want to go in and be IT or something. But there's other people that are closer to like $20 an hour. So, I mean, it can really range. It just kind of depends on what position you're doing. Uh, you know, the company you're working for, some people want to go into a, like a smaller work environment. So they go to startups. So, you know, that's, it can be a completely different vibe than say a big company like Amazon, right? They don't have 10,000 employees. They just have 10 people. That's something I actually would like to do at some point, just because I think there's a lot more learning opportunities in those startup environments, because you're not just doing your one job. You could be doing the job of like three different people just to make up for all the lack of people that you have. Right. So it varies so much. It's all over the place. And of course, you know, where you live, that can be a big thing over here in Washington, Seattle area. Um, we have like a $15 minimum wage in the city. So it's, 
it's a little higher price than say back in Wisconsin where I used to live, where it was seven twenty five minimum wage. So, what were some other things that you would say that was a tough time, right? So after the internship, you're working. What was another period that was sort of tough, and like how'd you get through that? I would say just the first year or so of me living in Washington was the hardest. So right before I joined the program, I didn't really have a plan when I I moved here. I just wanted to work and kind of figure it out from there. Uh, So I'd actually worked at uh, one place that was setting up a cryptocurrency that flopped in about a month that didn't go very far. There was also this noodle shop that I worked for right when it opened up. I was their first employee, but they shut down after three months because they were just not in a good location and no one knew where they were there. You know, just from the start, it was kind of rough just living here in Washington. But then, yeah, when I when I found out about that program, I know I knew it was going to be really tough, and it was. But just taking a chance, it's, it's not something I, I was outside my comfort zone. I wasn't entirely sure what my plan was, but there was this opportunity here, and I, I, I couldn't just buy and let it happen. So it changed everything for me. Once you got the job, your six-month internship job, you got the job. How did that change your future goals, right? Because obviously during the program, you have a different mindset. Now it's like, all right, I got the job. What were you thinking about? Yeah, so the biggest thing during the program was like, okay, what am I going to do for work? Where do I want to go after this? You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get placed or get an offer afterwards or not. I mean, about halfway through is when I started realizing, oh, I'm likely going to get a job here. But before that, I had been applying to other places. Um, I applied a couple of times, a couple of positions at Amazon. I think I applied at... Um, there's a couple little other ones, I think Smartsheet and um, maybe Microsoft. There's so many different ones out here. So I was just kind of looking out to see what am I qualified for? What can I possibly do that would also interest me and not just be like a desk job that's just going to make me go to sleep just because of what, what the stuff I'm working on. I mean, if I had worked at Smartsheet, that could have been the case because it's more like I believe they work on a business to business. Well, just Smartsheets, those like spreadsheets and stuff. Um, I'm not entirely familiar, top of my head, but yeah, I mean, that compared to a streaming service, to me, that's just a no-brainer. Like, I'd rather have the fun one and get to meet these interesting people. Like, what are these people that work here? Or like, you know, what have they gone through? Uh, there's people there that come from the video game industry. There's there's people that, you know, they're actually a scientist that had switched over to being a software developer instead. And, you know, they're all over the place. And they're all these fun people that have these stories that are amazing. And there's ever... If you want recommendations from shows, everybody will have one there. You know, you, you can always ask, hey, what are you guys watching? Everybody will have an answer. That's pretty interesting. So what's your favorite part about working at a company like Hulu? It's kind of tough. I think that uh, just because I haven't had a chance to work at other companies, that I can't really say for sure, like, why Hulu is better than other ones. But for me, the just the management style of kind of not, it's not being micromanaged everywhere. I mean, you're given, hey, this is the stuff you need to do, but you're not going to be over your shoulder watching you do it the whole time, right? They're confident that the people they hired are skilled enough to do their jobs. They don't need to do that. Um, there's also this openness about it that I sit around the corner from a director, right? I mean, they don't have their own offices. It's pretty open door with, if you want to go talk to someone, go talk to them, right? You don't have to just like, oh, send them an email and you'll never hear back or something like that. So it's very open. It's very fun. Uh, they always try to just make everybody healthy and happy with what they're doing. You know, they're, they're concerned with how people, just how their well-being is. You know, there's ever, like when the pandemic started, they always recommend, hey, you know, everybody take some time off. We know this is really stressful time. Uh, we're okay with you doing this. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's just more freedom, I guess, would be about it that they had compared to other companies that I worked for, for example. Like, I was a mailman, I was McDonald's, I was grocery store, you know, all these different places. It's just like, no, you got to do this. You're not moving. You're at, you get stay in this one position this whole day and keep doing the, whatever we tell you to do. So it's just a little more free for you to explore opportunities that you want. What are some mistakes that you sort of made? And it doesn't have to be at your current job, but just overall that you... You know, you feel like, hey, if I didn't do that, I could have or I should have avoided that. But that was a good lesson for me. I mean, the, the cryptocurrency one was a bit sketchy when I did actually. When, the when was I that? That was, was I think that was right before I joined the Europe program. So no, just but timing two- wise, because I'm trying to think of the timeline. What price was Bitcoin at when you joined and what price was it when you left? Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I know it had shot up to that 20,000 at some point afterwards. This is a new cryptocurrency that was coming out of China and they. They wanted to make you know a couple million of it and then sell it off. It was new, usual cryptocurrency stuff. But that one, it was just like I said, it was coming out of China. And half the people there didn't speak English. And I was supposed to be the, the community manager with trying to help people understand what the product is. But when I can barely understand what the people I'm working with say, like some of them just refuse to talk or speak English at all. So it was it was a bit difficult. I mean. That was from Craigslist. That wasn't, I, I don't know what to expect from that, but it was like, okay. I was thinking I was looking under like computer jobs or something like that, right? Computer gigs. Um, <laughs> so if there's something I just learned from that, it would just be these weird opportunities are there. There, there's are, there are a lot of things on there that you shouldn't trust, but there are some golden gooses in there, right? You know, don't label everything as a scam, you know, be, be optimistic about it, but be a bit skeptical. Just, you know, have your defense up, but don't don't completely knock it off. Was there like any way you could have known? Like, let's say, let's say opportunity came like that again. How would you sort of know right away? Hey, like even during the interview process or something like that, like this was a red flag. Well, I mean, if there isn't an interview process, it's probably a big red flag. Uh, I think I had just been talking to people, but it wasn't really like an official interview that I did with them. Like it wasn't typical interview that I've done since. Um, I wasn't like I'm talking to the manager and then I'll talk to someone else. And then they want to know my life story and pretty typical stuff there is more like, Hey, are you adept at doing this stuff? Can you show us a little bit? Okay. Like you're in kind of simple. So it was a little too straightforward, I would say. So those are kind of the red flags of just like, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. But at the same time, that's kind of what the Europe program sounded like, like, Oh, they're going to pay me to go learn and then give me a free internship while I get paid and all this stuff. Like that sounds too good to be true. But, you know, you look into it some more and you can see there are, there's actually people you can talk to, you know, you can learn that, oh, this is, this is real. This isn't something they're just trying to scam me or something, right? Yeah, no. Oh, what are some other mistakes that you would kind of say that people should avoid? You know, off the top of my head, I can't really think of one. I haven't made too many mistakes because I've just been on the same line of the same company and it's it's i've been a little fortunate with that i mean just you just got to plan out what you're going to do i got lucky when i moved out here i had no idea what i was doing that worked out for me but that's that's not the case for most people so be flexible but you have something figured out before you do it what are things people you know who are considering your field right someone's in high school and they're considering your field what would you kind of advise them to start doing Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, there's these so many resources online, right? You know, there's LinkedIn Learning, Udemy, Code Academy, just to name a few. There's so many of these opportunities that you can teach yourself how to do this stuff, right? 
if you want to go learn a language, you can go do it. There's books out there. For example, on Humble Bundle, like two or three months ago, there was a Python package that had a dozen Python books that are all 500 pages long. You could buy that for 15 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that, right? You know, most people, they're just like, oh, coding, uh, whatever, I'll just buy the games because Humble Bundle is what I'm there for. But you got to be dedicated to some of this stuff. Do some of the things you're not comfortable with. You know, if you want to learn something, but you're not sure it's something that you will like, just give it a chance. Don't dedicate the next, like, year to doing it. But, you know, hey, spend a month, you know, a couple days, just spend a few hours looking into it. Like, okay, learning a little bit here and there, seeing if it's something that you're interested in, if it clicks inside your head. You'll just kind of understand if this is what you want to do, then, you know, it's good. If it's not something you want to do, you know, well, that's fine. You, you learn from it. You can go try something else. and. That's okay. It's currently 2020. You started around 2018. That's correct. Yeah. Technology, right, moves fast. So how has that, and even though it's not that long, but in technology, it is actually a decent amount of time. How has the industry sort of changed? I guess I'm not the best person to talk about this because, like I said, same job for the most part this whole time. But I've definitely seen different turns towards uh, different opportunities. For example, uh, we had a big push for like accessibility. You know, getting our app usable for more people out there, right? We don't just want to limit ourselves to only the, you know, people that are just, I don't, I don't know the good term for it, but people that are just, they can see properly, they can hear normally, you know, there's no, no issues. But if we can boost up these things, just make it more accessible to more people. I mean, that's great. There, there's people out there, like if I went blind today, I would still want to listen to movies, even if I can't hear them, just because, you know, if you get into a movie theater and you feel that music and that sound, that's it's an amazing experience, you know. It doesn't matter if you you can't get the whole story; you can get some of it, and that's that's more than nothing, right? Yeah. And otherwise, I mean, we've tried so many different tools. We've had ramps up, of, we've deprecated things, and wrapped up a new one and deprecated that, and just keep bringing in new different ideas, trying to make it better and better. Um, it's not necessarily that the old one wasn't like everything we wanted. But it just makes it maybe maybe we can chop off a couple seconds on starting up the app or doing different things if we change to doing a different tool or um, just learning these different processes as they come up. So there's a big push on just like if there's something you're interested in, you know, want to learn about, they encourage you to try to learn about it in your free time or even sometimes at work time. Um, they do different shows and like, uh, for example, I go to Europe and I talk to some of the interns there and. They always try to be involved with any of the upcoming stuff and try to not necessarily be people that are just following in the trends, but try to lead in that industry too. That's, that's something that everybody should try to do. Right. You've obviously done a lot in two years. What's something that you kind of see really helps you, right? Because I know a lot of people, the first few years are very crucial, right? Reaching out to people for help, mentors. What are some programs like at a company like Hulu that, you know, that's really helped you sort of get better at what you do? And, you know, just overall grow as a professional. My most problematic area, I would say, was just kind of public speaking and just kind of getting out of my little personal bubble. So something I did, uh, something at Hulu we do is have trivia nights. So we would go out to uh, bar trivias and just we have the Hulu team versus whoever else showed up, right? So that was a way I was able to learn um, and get to talk to new people that I wasn't working with. They weren't directly on my team or my associated teams. So I got to meet more people, um, some project managers and different people like that. And it was a great opportunity just to kind of get out of my comfort zone, just trying to learn new faces, you know, 
but at the same time kind of having fun with it. Uh, otherwise, we have a hackathon going on right now where everybody is encouraged to take some time to, if they have some idea that want to do, you know, try to prototype something and then you get to present to everybody. And if it's something that everybody likes, then maybe they'll add it, right? So there's a lot of fun stuff with that that we can do. This is pretty amazing. I love it so far. Yeah. What would you say is the most popular show, like among Hulu people? Like, what's the Hulu show that they watch? And are you guys allowed to like watch Netflix and stuff? Like, is that, are you not allowed? Like, do they talk about it? <laughs> like, how does that go? Yeah. I mean, we compare our apps to Netflix too. Um, and like all, all of our competitors, right? There's people, I mean, <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and she's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch Netflix. I feel like I'm cheating on your company. I'm like, no, everybody's doing it, you know? I mean, everybody knows Netflix. I mean, I had Netflix back when they were on DVD and then when they went first went to streaming and like, it was a big thing. Everybody, everybody knew what Netflix was. I didn't even know what Hulu was until I started at the internship. Like, oh, they're here. Oh, what's this? Oh, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's kind of hard to, to tell. But there, there are pop culture shows like Futurama or Kardashians or stuff like that that are usually like his favorite shows. But if you if you did just the people that work there, I don't I don't even know. You know, everybody has so many different tastes and what they like. But we always recommend if they see something new on there and like, oh, this is really good, then you hear about it and then you go watch it and that's how you learn new shows and it's pretty fun. You're obviously testing a lot of things. How does it feel like when you're testing something and then you see? How much longer does it take for it to be now it's a feature? So you test it on this day. It's at what, six months, eight months? How How is that? What's the timeline? It, it really varies depending on the feature. It could be anywhere from a month because we release monthly to, you know, half a year, a year. If it's some big feature that we're working on for a long time, maybe it has a, a bunch of moving parts and we just need everyone, either the front end to get their stuff together or the back end to get waiting on something from them. So for example, I, I work on the front end. So everything that the client sees, that's basically what I work on. It, it really depends on what the feature is and how big it is. What were some of the f- cool features that you worked on and which one was your favorite? So one of the first things I coded when I was working at Hulu, when I think I was an intern, was actually adding this little button uh, to the login screen that was just hide and show the password. Something really small. It's not that significant, you know, some people might even see that because there's another way to log in where you don't have to type it in on their remote. But <laughs> just, yeah, that little tiny thing just to hide it. That was the first thing that I really did that is lots of people got to see this. Otherwise, like, accessibility, again, like I was saying earlier, that was a big thing that I, I would work on some of those that I was just pushing out. Um, otherwise, adding these new features, different things in the search and browse experiences. If you've ever seen, and I mean, it's public knowledge, you can can look this up online you'll see some lots of comments about it but there's you know this new look coming that's um that some people have right now that's coming out soon that's what we've been working on for a while and it's, it's been a big endeavor nice nice was there ever a time you felt insecure about not having a degree or how did you feel about that yeah but at the same time i i kind of wear it as like a badge of honor at the same time, because I'm like, oh, yes, this person had spent four years doing it, but I also did this, not spending that four years. But there's also things that, you know, they know that I don't know. Like, they went very in-depth with some of this coding stuff, versus I, I feel like I'm just at the top level. I'm dipping my toe in the water. I base a lot of my work on what I see in the code already, and then I can assess from there and, like, fix some of those bugs. But creating a new feature is something that I, like, a whole new thing 
that's where I struggle. Um, that's something I do wish I did go back and I can still do college, right? I mean, I think I would like to still do that and get some more classes and get some more in-depth help on some of this stuff uh, just to kind of learn more. Whenever you go for an interview, whenever you apply for a job, you're going to see, oh, yeah, we, we want you to have a bachelor's degree. You want to have four years of experience. We want all this stuff. That's not true necessarily. I mean, there are places that will be like, yes, you need a college degree to work here. But there's also places that are pretty flexible. Like, okay, we see you have this experience. You might not have four years, but maybe you have three years. That's okay. Don't don't let this scare you. They mainly put that number on there to scare the people that don't think they can do the job. So if you think that you can do the job, you know, take that opportunity. Try it. You know, just see if you can talk to them some more. You know, if you get the interview... It doesn't, it's fine if you don't get the job, right? You know, you learn from that. You get to see where you were. You get to see, you know, when you're talking with them, how was it? You can do it the next time and try again. All right, cool. Now, so let's slowly wrap this up. Any last words of advice that you sort of give to someone in your position? What would you, if you know, you could go back and kind of tell yourself some things, what would you kind of tell yourself? Just some of the stuff is there to scare you off. Don't let it scare you off, you know? There are opportunities out there. You got to keep trying for them. You know, success doesn't necessarily mean you make them, you know, you make a lot of money, right? It can mean anything to anybody. It could be you find a position that you're really happy with. You know, if that's what makes you happy, then, you know, that could be successful for you too. So just keep trying. Never let all the problems come cave you in and just keep an optimistic mind about it. Cool. So how would people sort of get in touch with you? I guess probably the easiest way would just find me on LinkedIn. Um, just Benjamin Farr, um, easy enough to find on there. You can just see that I work at Hulu. But yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Um, I usually keep most of my professional stuff on there. All right, cool. So thank you for your time. You have a lot of great advice. I see you definitely going places. We'll definitely keep in touch. So thank you. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah, so you got no degree, no problem, no problem, any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving, growing in and knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in and knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.